Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist for the Lake Scenario Leader and Kentucky.com. And on today's podcast, we are going to preview the Kentucky-North Carolina State matchup in Saturday's Taxlayer Gator Bowl. It's a noon start on ESPN down in Jacksonville. My guests are Jonas Pope of the Raleigh News and Observer, who covers the Wolfpack of North Carolina State. He'll give us a scouting report on NC State. And my regular UK football guest, Josh Moore, who covers UK football for the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Before we get to those two guys, uh, just a reminder that you can get a Sports Pass subscription, digital subscription to Kentucky.com. You get all of our UK and high school coverage, all our sports coverage for $30 for just the first year. You get all of our UK basketball coverage with Jerry Tipton, football coverage with Josh, UK recruiting with Ben Roberts, high school coverage with Jared Peck. You get Mark Story's columns, you get my columns, all for $30 for the first year. Be sure and check out that. We appreciate everybody who supports our work at the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. So without further ado, let's get to our guest, Jonas Pope of the Raleigh News and Observer, who will talk to us about NC State, and Josh Moore of the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com, who will let us know what's going on with the Wildcats leading into Saturday's Taxlayer Gator Bowl. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is Jonas Pope of the Raleigh News and Observer, who covers North Carolina State athletics. Uh, of course, Kentucky plays North Carolina State in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl on Saturday. It is a noon start on ESPN. How you doing today, Jonas? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. Well, thanks for being with us. So we really pre- we appreciate you being on the podcast. Uh, NC State ranked in the top 25, eight and three on this season. What what were the expectations for the Wolfpack coming into this year? Well, um, <laughs> the expectations weren't great. They, they were finished. They were predicted to finish, I think, 10th or 11th in the ACC. Um, some people didn't expect them to win more than three or four games. And, and that was before the schedule changed. But, uh, I'm sorry, it was after the, the new schedule. Really? Um, you know, they, they had a, a lot of new coaches. They were, they were going to be breaking in a new quarterback. They, they you know, they had so many young guys who played a lot of snaps last year. So there were a lot of unknowns. So for them to finish in the top half of the conference really shocked a lot of people in the area who, who followed the team closely. So how were they able to do that? What, what were the keys for them to have the season that they've had? Well, it's funny because as it, as it turned out, those, those young guys who played too early last year were a year older and they played like veterans this season. You had guys who got, probably got snaps last year before they were ready, but those snaps turned to be valuable because you put those guys on the field this year, they're a year older, they know what to do. The game is not as fast. So guys were kind of, I guess you could say, ahead of schedule uh, as far as their you know their, their growth goes in the program. You know, you got guys who are sophomores or redshirt freshmen who didn't expect to make plays until maybe next year who actually played above their heads and played better than expected this season, I think. Really? What about, you know, when you look at their schedule, it doesn't, you know, they lost three games, but none of those losses were, were bad losses. Uh, and they beat the teams, I guess, that they would uh, expect it to beat. Was that a big, um, was that a big thing this year that they were, nobody really surprised them or upset them? Yeah, that was huge because, you know, people who follow NC State closely, one thing they'll tell you is that state has a habit of, They'll lose a game or two that they, they're not supposed to lose. But really? <laughs> that, that didn't happen at all this year. Yeah, that didn't happen at all this year. They lost to the team. Like you said, every team they lost to was ranked in the top 25. So you're like, and two of those games were on the road. So you're like, okay, you're, you're expecting to lose those games because they played teams right higher than they were. Right. But then you have those games where, you know, it could have gone either way. 
well, in the past when those games wouldn't have gone to state favor, they wouldn't have favored this year. You know, at Pitt, you know, they were, you know, on the road playing a ranked team in the past, a game that may not go their way, but they won it with a game-winning drive for like one minute left. Um, Syracuse was another game on the road. They were down by 11 in the second half, came back and won. And then at home against Liberty, they, they blocked the field goal, on, you know, with one minute and change remaining to win that game. In the past, you know, State didn't have that kind of favor. But for whatever reason, this, this unique 2020 year, on a the windows game, the horn flip game, they found a way to win on the game they were supposed to win. Well, really, what? Uh, okay, what? Uh, talk a little bit about the their offense. Uh, who are players for Kentucky fans to watch off an offense that I know put up a lot of points this year? Well, um, you know, with football, you start with the quarterback Bailey Hockman, who really came into his own the second half of the season. Uh, Hockman started the season, then he got benched, then he came back when Evan Leary broke his foot. He broke his leg. And then he really, he really got a lot of confidence after that two-game losing streak. They lost to they lost to Carolina. They lost to Miami. Then the team kind of rallied around Hotman. They went on their four-game winning streak to end the season. Um, he has some weapons that they're on the on the perimeter that can make some plays on the, in the passing game. And Mecca and the Devin Carter, two big wide receivers who are really good at winning those jump balls. Um, Devin is six four. Mecca is about six three. And then he has a six seven tight end in Kerry Angel. You know. Every quarterback's best friend will be a six seven tight end. Yeah. And then he <laughs> yeah, has a couple of running backs um who, you know, they're interchangeable. You know, they really they really no drop off from the starter who's Ricky Person to Bam Knight, who is uh who's all ACC third team and was team leading Russia. He wasn't even the starter. So he has two guys he can switch it up with on offense who can really, you know, take it the distance taking the distance and, and really run in between the tackles, catch the ball out of the backfield. So he has some weapons around him. And then he has a, a veteran offensive line who, you know, has Icky, uh, Iguana, the, the all-conference guy, Grant Gibson at the center, who's a veteran guy. So he has a lot of guys up front who play a lot of snaps and have done a great job of kind of protecting him and keeping him clean. Yeah, you, you talk about Bailey Hockman, the quarterback. He has a Kentucky connection. His uncle, uh, Ryan Hockman, uh, was a quarterback at UK uh, back in the early 90s under, uh, well, late 80s under Jerry Claiborne, early 90s under uh, Bill Curry. Uh, but talking about the running backs, Mark Stoops, uh, when we were talking to him on Monday, the Kentucky coach, he was very complimentary of the um, NC State's backs, especially their ability to get yards after contact. Uh, what about those guys? Uh, he, he says that they get every yard that they can plus more out of every run. He seems he seemed to be very impressed with those two guys. Yeah, that's it. I mean, Sam, a big guy, he's about, he's about 5'11", 205, 210, something like that. But you know he runs bigger than that. He runs like a like a two hundred and twenty five pound bat. Um, first contact he runs through. He, like you tackle Bam. I mean, his nickname is Bam for a reason. So when you come to tackle <laughs> Bam, you know you probably bring bring your buddies with you. And Ricky's a, a bigger guy. Ricky's probably about about two ten, two fifteen. Both they can make guys miss, but if they run through their pants, they can actually you know get that yards after contact. They're both very physical, which is something. You know, people are surprised to see from Bam. He's a smaller guy, but, you know, he really runs behind his pads. Ricky's the same way. And they just punish you guys. Because, you know, they can switch him out. Neither one of those guys have to get 20 carries a game. They can kind of switch him out, you know, three or four yards, kind of does three or four carries, and then bring in the next guy. So yeah. that's their, their strength that they can both be fresh when they get in the game. Okay, what about the NC State defense? How have they played this year? And who are a couple of guys to for Kentucky fans to look for on the defensive side of the ball? 
I think that's been the biggest surprise is how much the defense has grown for the first couple of games of the season. We saw them play Wake Forest and Virginia Tech. They gave up so many points, so many yards. But in the last, down the stretch, they started forcing turnovers. They started getting fourth down stops. They started just playing uh, just excellent against the run down the stretch. Um, it starts up front. Their defensive line is, is, is solid. They run a three, a three, three, five, but those three guys up front, they kind of set the tone. Now they, they might be without, we haven't heard it officially from NC State and we haven't heard it officially from the Lee McNeil. But all signs point that their All American nose tackle uh, won't be playing on Saturday. Um, so that's going to be a big hit. But they do have some guys. CJ Clark will step in and play nose guard if the Lee doesn't play. Uh, Daniel Joseph, uh, at defensive end, he's a Penn State transfer. He's really good against the run. And then Sadiana Jackson and Terrell Dawkins. Uh, both sophomores kind of kind of rotate out of their other defensive end spots. Um, their linebacker, the, the heart and soul of this defense has been their linebackers. Um, Isaiah Moore is a junior, plays in the middle. He's kind of he's very solid. Uh, Peyton Wilson, the guy who led the conference in tackles per game, he's an all ACC first team performer. He can fly around. He's going to be fun to watch. Um, so those, that's what you want to watch for their front seven, um, is, or their front six, I guess. It is really the, the heart and soul of the defense. And, and what about the kicking game? How, how has State been in the kicking game this year? Um, they've been solid. You know, Trenton Gill is the punter. He, he really booming and testing teams at some tough position. Uh, Christopher Dunn, he broke the school record for field goals this year. He's solid from 50 on ends. Um, they haven't relied on Christopher Dunn to win any games for him, but he's made some big kicks this season when he counted the most. So, so what are the keys, Jonas, for Saturday for North Carolina State to to get this win? I know the key for a lot of teams in bowls are are they motivated? Do they want to be there? Do you get the feeling that uh, State wants to play this game? And and if and what what are the keys for them on Saturday? Oh no, State definitely wants to play this game. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because when the games were announced, we had that initial press conference. I asked Coach Doran, I asked. Some of the players like, why are you guys still playing? There's so many ACC teams have opted out. Right. You guys have accomplished so much. You know, you, play, you beat expectations. Why you guys still want to play? And they're like, well, we're not done yet. There's still work to be done. The job isn't finished. So to answer that part, they are definitely motivated to be there. I think the key to the game, as you said, is that they get out in front early. You know, they 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 got out in front this year. You know, they they get confidence early. Um, they get in the groove. You know, they have one game the trail. But it's been a little, you know, obviously an uphill battle when you're trailing. But when they get out front, they get out six point, ten point lead, you know, they can run the ball, they can pass the ball, and the defense is playing with their ears spinning back. Then that's, that's the key for State to, uh, to win this game to get out and start early, start fast, and get out to a lead early. Well, it should be it should be an interesting game. I think it's a pretty even matchup. I think Kentucky's like a two point favorite or something like that, uh, which is a little surprising. They may have to do with some SEC bias, uh, but I know NC State <laughs> finished the season strong, one in their last four games. So it should be a very interesting matchup. Jones, tell the listeners how they can follow you, uh, follow your coverage leading up to and uh, during and after the game. Yeah, they can. Obviously, my, my work will be printed online at news, newsobserver.com, but also they can find me on Twitter where I always repost my stuff. I'm at J.E. Pope the Fourth. That's at J-E-P-O-P-E, letter I, letter V, on Twitter. That's good to hear from another. I'm John Clay IV on Twitter because I'm John Clay the Fourth. So it's good to talk to another hey, Fourth. Go. 
<laughs> there we yeah, go. We, we, got, are, we are a we're a rare breed. We are, are we are a rare breed. <laughs> there aren't too many there aren't too many people around uh, around with that who admit it anyway. So uh, that's good. That's good. We got a bond there. So be sure and follow there all of go. Jonas's work leading up to the game. Like I said, it's it should be a really interesting. It's one to me. It's one of the more interesting bowl matchups because I think the teams are pretty even. So it should be a a, a really fun game uh, down in Jacksonville on Saturday. Thanks a lot, Jonas, for being on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Once again, thank you for inviting me. Thank you for having me on. Okay, that was Jonas Pope of the Raleigh News and Observer. We really appreciate him being on the podcast. And we'll be right back with Josh Moore of the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is UK football beat writer for the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com, Josh Moore. How's it going, Josh? Good job. Trying to, uh, you know, unthaw and. And get ready for this uh, this bowl game this weekend for the for the Wildcats. It'll be exciting for everybody. I think. I hope. I hope so. I hope it's a good. Uh, you know, it, it kind of wash away the uh, some of the basketball taste here for people from <laughs> before a basketball game. Well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we got a doubleheader on Saturday. The football game is at noon. The basketball game is at six. Uh, did you have a good Christmas, Josh? Yeah, I did. You know, obviously, you know, it's a little different, and you don't see as much family as you maybe did, you know, most years. But you know, still kind of uh, got to see my dad for the first time in a little while, so that was that's good. good. He's uh, not been around, so we'll. Uh, that's good. You know, yeah, you take what you can and, and break it. And, that's right. You know, that's right. You know, eat enough food to last you for a few weeks. Right. <laughs> that's right that's right uh let's catch up on a couple things before we start talking about the bowl i don't because i don't think we did a podcast specific to signing day right after uh signing day because we were we uh were focused also on the new offensive coordinator hire uh, how did you think signing day went for kentucky i think it was you know it went how they it went smooth <laughs> i think that's the the biggest thing there weren't really um you know any surprise i mean the surprise like there you know they signed a receiver um that was kind of you know he was one of the first guys that signed um as part of the you know like when they started releasing names officially uh Devontae ross who was a surprise he hadn't you know publicly committed you know he, that was it, that came, came out of nowhere other than him though there wasn't really anybody you know that they weren't expecting to sign that did. I, I know. I mean, I think, you know, J- Justice Dingle, Jordan Dingle's brother, wasn't committed, um, you know, publicly either. But I think that's something a lot of people expected was going to happen, that he would follow his brother. Yeah, Justice. Justice was a <laughs> linebacker from uh, Georgia Tech. Yeah, he's transferring to Kentucky. So they announced him, you know, as part of the class. And, I mean, they just, you know, they kind of they checked the boxes they wanted to. A lot of receivers – um, who were you know, pretty highly touted in their class. I mean, we'll see how that, you know, it's when they have to come here and develop and pan out. And But, you know, it, you know, it was a pretty uneventful. I mean, it's not a class that you you you, uh, you don't look at it on paper and it doesn't, like, stand out as much as far as, um, you know, the rankings. I think it was, like, 30 – like 38, 35th, somewhere in that range. You know, still a top 40 class, which you don't, um, you know, pre-Mark Stoops. I, I don't remember what the, what, the, what, you know, I, I've looked at this before, but, you know, basically they had like one class that was like top 40, even like right. 20 years Stoops. So, 
you know, it's still a, you know, it's just keeping the recruiting train rolling and, and getting, you know, get guys in the program that you need to, especially, you know, I think the biggest thing for this signing day was, you know, you kept, you, you, you continued this trend that you've had a couple of years now of keeping some of the best in-state guys, but you kept the best one um, here too, which was really big because that's been something they've not been able to do the last three or four years. But, you know, since Landon Young signed with Kentucky, they hadn't signed the top-rated recruit in the state. Um, those guys had left, um, you know, Wando Robinson goes to Nebraska, Rondell Moore goes to – actually, I don't think Rondell Moore was a top-ranked guy in that class, but you know, he should have been. <laughs> you know, he goes to right. Purdue. Um, you know, so whoever was the top-ranked guy in that class ended up going to um, – maybe went to Ohio State. But you – but you, you know, so you were able – and then last year, you know, Michael Mayer and, and, and you know, Walker Parks both both go to teams that, that you know, that are now playing for the college football championship. So, it's hard to fault those guys. But uh, you uh, – Yeah, Mayer went uh, to Notre Dame and Parks went to Clemson. Right. And and so um, – but you keep, you know, Jagger Burton here and, 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 and that, that was huge. I mean, that was, you know, he was a, a top, you know, one of, one of the top linemen in the country and a guy that, you know, he's really good buddies with Walker Parks and, and you, you know, a guy that whose commitment you had to really um, fight for. And I think that was, you know, you got that back in August, but you, know, you still got to get to December and sign the guy. So that happened and that was huge. What about, uh, what about the OC hire? What did you think of uh, hiring Liam Cohen, the Rams assistant quarterbacks coach who uh, might end up Come to Lexington sooner than we thought. He's the Rams uh, are teetering now on making the playoffs. They have, they basically have to beat the Cardinals on uh, Sunday, and they have to do it. Looks like they're going to have to do it without their starting quarterback Jared Goff. And then yesterday, uh, Cooper Cup, their one of their top receivers, maybe their top receiver, uh, was put on the COVID list. So if the Rams lose, good chance they're out of the playoffs and. Uh, and uh, Liam can come on to Lexington. If they win, they'll be in the playoffs and be a little while before we get them. But what did what did you think about the hire? Yeah, I thought. I mean, it was a uh, you know, and it, after the last two weeks, the way the Rams have looked, it's a little uh, harder to get excited about. But <laughs> but I think that, that's obviously NFL. It's just such everybody's um, you know so talented in that league, and and, and 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 you know everybody you know has matchups they struggle with. I mean, it's no different than right. you know any. Oh, really? But but you, um, so you can't put a lot of stock in that, I don't think. But yeah. but I think it'll be, and, and he'll be his own play caller. I mean, that's the thing. You know, it'll be his first time in a while calling plays. Um, so it'll be, you know, it'll look a little different than what they do in LA, I'm sure. But I think it's something, you know, I think it was something they needed to do. Um, I was speaking with somebody, a friend, about two days ago. It's, you know, it's, I like Eddie Green. He was, um, clearly a, a, a great, you know, for, for Kentucky, especially a great offensive coordinator. I mean, they, they achieved a lot um, under him. And, and, you know, all the holes they went to uh, under Darren Stoops' tenure were, were with Grant as the OC. And I think uh, he's a guy that really made a, a big impact on this program. But, um, you know, to keep recruits in the in the fold and, and to kind of show that you're um, willing to adjust what you're doing to kind of fit where – football is going um was something i think stoops had to do uh to keep this thing you know not just to keep it where you know they want it you know like right now program consistently you know go to bowl games 
and all that stuff, but to to give it a chance to, to go higher than that. And I don't think, you know, as, as good as Kentucky's been the last few years, I don't know that they could have gone higher, um, you know, as far as, like, you know, contending for, you know, getting into the SEC title picture, um, doing what they've been doing. Um, just, there's just too many athletes around the conference. Um, there's a version, you know, there's a – <laughs> There's an era where what Kentucky has done last year would have, you know, been exactly what you needed to to win an SEC championship. I don't. I think that's, you know, at least for now, has passed. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. I'm. I'm. Uh, and I wrote. I'm bullish on the hire as well. Of course, he's basically untested. He uh, was a play caller at uh, Maine a few years ago, but now, uh, uh, you know, last what two three years with the Rams. Uh, so we'll we'll see what happens. I'm excited to see what happens next year, how he changes the offense, and how you know everybody uh, reacts to that. Not uh, just the offense, too. I, I just I was you know and we've talked a little bit, but I've been impressed by how enthusiastic he seems to be yeah, about it. Right. Uh, I think it's going to be you know hope that can you know hopefully manifest itself you know within the team too. I think you know you're going to he's going to inherit a bunch of especially receivers who who really haven't felt like, you know, I'm sure they probably, you know, they wouldn't say this, but it's probably hard for them to feel sometimes like they're even part of the team. Um, right. And I think that his energy hopefully rub off on them the right way. All right. Well, that's a good transition then into uh, the bowl game and uh, Kentucky, you know, NC State on Saturday. Uh, Liam's not going to be here for the bowl game, so uh, obviously. So Mark has said from the start that they would use people on the staff, currently on the staff, to work with the offense and call the plays. And it looks like a, a big part of that's going to fall on Vince Marrow, the recruiting coordinator and tight ends coach. Uh, we talk, we're recording this on Wednesday. We talked to him last night. Uh, what, what do you expect from the offense with Vince running the show on Saturday? My hunch is it won't look too much different. I don't, I mean, you know, I'll say that and they'll come out and throw seven straight passes to the tight end or something and we'll, okay. you know. And- Josh Moore says we're not going to be any different, so we're going to throw it 60 times. <laughs> so just, just to prove Josh wrong. Go ahead. <laughs> um, just because I think, you know, you know, you're still, your your main principles, you know, I mean, yeah, the OC's changed and, and everything, but your your main guy, you know, the players are still here. It's not, you know, the players are the, Kind of you and you. It's just you know you don't you don't revamp the whole offense um, in two weeks. I mean that's just stupid. So you 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 there will be wrinkles. I, I do think there will be you know they'll have some you know some some trick things. They'll they'll mix in some stuff just because you you know why not? You know it's it's right. it's the last game of the year. Nothing you do, you know, especially this year since you're going to be kind of changing you know, things in off season anyway, and it's going to be something that opponents can look at and say, um, oh, we got a plan for that. I mean, because, I mean, you don't know what you're going to have to plan for next year. It's going to be, you know, they, they've talked about the offense next year. will going to be building more, a lot on what they've done. But, you know, until you really get into it, you don't know what it's going to look like. So why not go out there and mix in some things? But, but you, you, you know, you've got a, one of the best offensive lines in the country, you know, two, especially with with Rodriguez, one of the best you know backs in the country, um, and and you know, and you you between those two units, offensively, I think you should be able to you know move the ball against an NC State team that you know they're not bad against the run, but they you know they give you know they can be rushed on. Uh, I think I was looking yesterday; they've had a 
believe it's three games where they've given up more than 200 rushing yards. So they can be, you know, ran against, and that's, you know, that's against, you know, ACC teams that, you know, typically aren't as strong up front as, 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 as a lot of uh, uh, SEC teams. So I think, you know, it's a matchup that, you know, probably faces Kentucky pretty well as far as the run game goes. Now you've, you're going to see that weird 3 3 5 defense again that, <laughs> uh, you know, you've had some mixed right. success. But, but they were able to, they were able to move the ball um, moderately well against Mississippi State, and that's you know, obviously NC State's not a team like you know they're going <laughs> to run the ball and try to do a lot more different things offensively themselves than than Mississippi State did. But but you, you know, defensively it'll be kind of a fem- uh, you know, sort of familiar foe in that respect. Right. Yeah, they've had some experience against a sort of an. an, an unorthodox defense because they've seen it yeah a couple of times what in talking to the coaches so far we had mark stoops on uh monday we had vince merrill last night where we had drake jackson and josh ali as well we get the uh, deep we're recording this before we get the defense after practice later on today but has anything stuck out on what those guys uh have said about their preparation for this bowl or enthusiasm about this bowl because to me you know, a lot of comes down to a bowl is which team's the motivated, which team really wants to be there and wants to play. And uh, I get the impression that they they're they're motivated. What about you? Yeah, it's interesting. I've I've thought about that too. From you know what you said about you know it really comes down to whichever team is more excited to be there. And you know, obviously this year is unique because you know most of the time the teams are are you know down there right now. They've right. been down there for days now and kind of you know maybe they're they're mingling some. I mean, last year we saw that they, you know. <laughs> yeah, they mingled all right last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they mingled, uh, they mingled to the point of uh, motivation. Um, they mingled, to, yeah, we're talking about Virginia Tech in the bowl game last year, the Belk Bowl. Uh, they mingled to the point where there were punches thrown before the game started. But that's, which, how, well, uh, which, that's how well they mingled. But go ahead. Well, I don't think that's going to happen this year because there's not enough mingling. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah, they're not allowed to mingle. Um, even during, you know, even before the game, they're, you know, they're probably, they're, they're have to stay away from each other. It's right. fun, yeah, it's funny that rule, it's funny that that rule came into place, that it was that Lynn Bowden rule. Yeah. Uh, and, and and basically it's not been a factor at all this year because nobody's been able to right. really get to uh, um, keep them away yeah. from each other. <laughs> but you, uh, um, and I, you know, we're not, you know, I'm not hearing as much about you know what NC State's saying. I've read a little bit, but you know, I mean, you can only get so much from just reading stuff. Um, it's, it's, um, it does seem like Kentucky's excited to be in this game, though. I said, you know, they, you know, they sent their guys home a couple times. They right there after the South Carolina game, they got a break, and then they came back for about a week, and then they. Uh, practiced some and, and then got to take off the Christmas uh, holiday there for a few days. So that weekend, and I think that's, you know, they're really treating it, you know, like a normal bowl as far as, um, you know, not going as hard, um, just kind of, you know, practicing, but not, you know, not going, you know, you know, maybe as crazy as you would during the season with, with things and reps and everything. So it sure seems like, um, and that's been successful. You know, they, they kind of changed their um, bowl mentality practice-wise after losing two straight. <laughs> and uh, so far, off. Uh, you know, we'll see how it plays. I mean, this year's going to be – this is just one more odd game. 
light here. Um, we'll, you know, just have to see how it shakes out. But, but I like Kentucky's chances. I mean, I think they're going to, um, you know, I think they want to be there. And, and if these guys seem excited to go down to Florida. I, I wish I was going with them. I'd, I'd love to be in the weather. Um, so it should be, um, it should be an interesting thing. Anthony, it's an you know, early kickoff noon, um, on ESPN. I don't know that they've, they, I guess they were on ESPN when they played Florida. It's like the first time they've been on real national TV other than that. Um, and it's a, and it's a bowl and it's like, we make fun of the bowls or at least I, you know, a lot of people kind of mock the bowls and I know a lot of people were going on about the cheese at bowl yesterday uh, <laughs> on Twitter. But uh, but you you know for as as somewhat meaningless as these games can be, they are also for most of the country the first time or the only time that they're a lot of these teams outside right. you know outside Alabama's your Clemson's right. you know the team the, like your your big brand teams your Michigan's um, outside of those teams you're really a lot of the time, these bowls are the first time you're seeing a lot of these football teams. So for Kentucky, it's always, um, you know, as long as they're trying to move up the ladder in the SEC, bowl games are always a big opportunity just to get your, you know, your program in front of eyeballs. Oh, yeah, that's a good point because I think a lot of people, you know, especially this time of year during the holidays and so forth, they, you know, they turn on the TV looking for something to watch or look for a football game to watch. And, you know, they might watch, like you say, uh, Oklahoma State, Miami, where they hadn't seen those two teams play very much, or Texas and uh, Colorado, I think they played in their bowl last night. You hadn't seen those teams, or you might have seen them against Oklahoma and then not seen that Texas team again until last night. So, uh, yeah, I think I think that's true. I think it's a good matchup. It's an e- I think it's a pretty even matchup. I think Kentucky's a two-and-a-half-point favorite when I looked yesterday. Um, I think it's, you know, pretty even between the two teams. to be interesting. So that leads us to the big question, Josh. What, what are the keys for Kentucky to win this bowl game? I think, you know, go down there and obviously, you know, just embrace the – you know the, the the moment. You know what it. You know what it is. You know you get to. You know you're going to have. It'll be interesting. I'm really curious to see how many fans are there because I think right. there it's a little over sixteen thousand. They're allowed to have. Right. Uh, presumably, that's been split up evenly as far as the you know ticket distribution. Right. Um, I, I'm really fascinated to see how many Kentucky fans are there because you know typically it's a fan base that that travels uh, for stuff like this. Um, pretty hard, and uh, you know, so it'll be you know, with obviously with what's going on though. Um, it'd be real, real curious to see how much blue there is in the stands. Right. Um, that'll be big if, if they walk into that stadium and and it's mostly blue. I think that would be, um, you know, for guys that you know they didn't get to play in front of a big, you know, it, that would probably be more almost more fans than there were they were they were at Kroger, you know, at a game this year. Right. Um, so that would be. You know, kind of cure. You know, interesting to see how that would how they would respond to that. I think you, you know, just stick to what you do well and um, try not to let. Um, you know, just don't get embarrassed. I think that's the biggest thing. Even if you lose, I don't. You know, you 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 just don't want to. You know, an NC State. Team, you know, they're ranked, but they're kind of on the fringe there, and and they're. You know, you look at their schedule, and I don't know if they've really beaten anybody good. Um, I mean, like you, no one that has like a you know that makes you really jump out, and I mean right. that's the thing. It's like talk about Kentucky being a two, you know 
even you know they've got a losing record, but they're almost a three-point favorite against a team that ranks in the top twenty-five. I think it's, you know, I think that's somewhat an acknowledgement of you know just, just how hard the SEC is. Right. Right. And uh, you know, you know, you've recruited you know better than this program for a while. You're you're you've got some you know on paper <laughs> bigger and better athletes. It's a team that you should be able to go out and yeah match up well with and and you know you know maybe not dominate but you you can you can definitely go out there and win and and look good doing it if you if you come out with the right game plan so i think you know just you know stick to stick to that and you know for for some of the spice that gets mixed in uh, with the play calling uh, take advantage of those strikes when you get them yeah no, no, I agree with all that. I, I think it's a big game for the defense, for UK's defense, who as you know, I was kind of struck a little bit by Mark on Monday when we was asked about the defense. He started talking about it, start by the defense, and then he had to kind of stop himself. I don't want to go off on a rant here, he said. I don't think they were. he was entirely pleased with the way the defense played throughout the year, especially considering the expectations. And North Carolina State's put a lot of points on the board. They've got some guys on offense, so um, I think that uh, Kentucky needs to play, you know, good, solid, fundamental defense in this game. And, uh, it, but it should be an interesting matchup. Uh all the questions about the Kentucky offense, but uh, uh, you know, well, I'll be like everybody else. I'll be interested to see what kind of tricks Vince pulls on offense, what uh, how that looks. Uh, Marks they've kind of indicated they would like to play maybe all three quarterbacks. Terry's going to start. Terry Wilson's going to start, but that they would like to play uh, Joey uh, Gaywood and Bo Allen as well. And uh, Vince didn't Vince say last night that Joey looked really good in practice. Yeah, they've they've really the, the, you know I don't you know I mean they could have any of me and reasons for why they might would be out kind of pumping him up, but he does seem like a guy that they really, um, you know, and maybe it's some it's you know building confidence towards the spring, but and I do think that's important for getting it would be important to get both those guys time, right? Um, if you can, but I mean like I think if you, you know, I don't know Mark Mark is so interesting because you know you could have a fourteen point lead. You know, say you're up 14 or 17 in the, you know, third quarter, like six minutes left or something. Do you do you stick in Gatewood or do you keep Ryan Materi and try right. to, you know, pad it out further? Because um, well, he he said if Mark he said he wants to win the game. If Terry's playing well, he might ride it out with Terry. So we'll see. But right, I, and I think Terry, you know, I would probably lean towards keeping Terry in as long as you need to for just to let him go. I mean, I, he got you know he got the win on senior day and stuff, but. That's a guy that, you know, I know this year's been hard and none of the stats really excite you and there's nothing, you know, I, I get all that. But, you know, he's won more games than most Kentucky quarterbacks. <laughs> and has Can't take that uh, away from him. And, and it has some of the best wins that this program's ever had. He was the quarterback for them. Right. Um, so I, it would be it would be cool if, if you, you, you know, could send him out with one more bowl win and, and something that, you know, maybe he – he you know rushes for 150 yards, throws for 150, and you know has just a, a total game that kind of um, you know leaves a really positive impression in, in fans' minds of, of what he did here. Right. Well, we'll see what happens on Saturday. Uh, we've got plenty of coverage leading up to the game on Saturday. Be sure and follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Moore HL. He, I, got, I assume you'll have your predictions a little later in the week. Oh yeah, yeah. those will be yeah. out. Got a, I've got a couple things. I don't know if they published yet. I've, I've honestly had it. They're so I'm, I'm kind of getting back in the saddle. I took all of last week off, so 
I got a mailbag that should be out there. If it's not out there now, it's it, coming. It's and, out there. I've seen it. Uh, okay. Okay, good. I'm glad somebody's paying attention. Um, <laughs> I wrote on. I wrote a, something last night I put together, and it should be publishing sometime today, or if it's not already out there, uh, about the transfer portal. Got, you know, Vince talked some about the transfer portal. He did, yeah. But out, I, I, maybe, he had some interesting things to say, yeah. Yeah, maybe you know, maybe fans aren't as interested, but I don't know. I I, I think it's you know, from a recruiting standpoint, it adds a, a whole other element that I think uh, definitely. You know, whether you care or not, right now you're going to care. So yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. right, right, because uh, yeah, it's going to change the dynamic dynamics on a lot of things. And uh, Vince talked about that, so yeah, look for Josh's story on that. Anything else you want to plug, Josh? Before we let you go, uh, I think uh, I mean whatever. Uh, all the good stuff that you and Mark and and Jerry and Ben are writing about the, you know, the basketball team. And it's a crisis. <laughs> it's a crisis, Josh. I don't know what we're going to do. It's a crisis. It's, uh, the world is the world is falling apart. It man. has. It just fits in with 2020. But uh, anyway, okay. Well, uh, be sure to check out of all Josh's coverage. Uh, like I said, follow him on Twitter, Josh Moore HL. Uh, check out all his coverage in the print edition of the Arrow Leader and especially online on Kentucky.com. And we'll have plenty of coverage leading up to the game, of course, and during the game and after the game. And we're not done with Josh. We'll, we're going to have we'll do another podcast next week, kind of wrapping everything up uh, for this season and maybe looking ahead towards spring practice. So, Josh, I really appreciate you being on the podcast. Always fun, John. You'll never be done with me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I don't know quite how to take that, but okay. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Josh. We'll talk to you later. See you. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks to my guests, Jonas Pope of the Raleigh News and Observer and Josh Moore of the Lexington Herald Leader. We really appreciate them being on the podcast. We appreciate everybody who listens to the podcast, everybody who supports the podcast by giving us a rating and review, especially on Apple Pod- on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. You can also find the podcast on Stitcher, Tuned In, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio Podcasts. Uh, we appreciate everybody who's been listening to these podcasts during uh, 2000. 2020 as we've kind of relaunched the podcast kind of renamed the podcast uh, and relaunched it we appreciate everybody who has supported it uh, you can follow me on twitter at john clay iv send me an email jclay at herald leader.com once again thanks again for listening to the podcast we appreciate everybody's support we will have a podcast previewing the kentucky mississippi state basketball game as well that comes up saturday night at six o'clock for look look for that and everybody have a happy new year and we'll be talking to you again soon thanks